0: This podcast is brought to you by DKP & Co. Chartered Accountants. You are listening to FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Your voice of football here in Australia and right around the world. Of course, the show hosted by Patrick Galacci and Julia Villa who joins us again this week. Guys, another weekend, another three points. Feels like I open with that. Every single show, 46 points now for the season. The record continues. But this one, guys, not the most impressive performance we've seen. Not the most entertaining performance we've seen. But, Julia, nevertheless, another three points, a narrow 1-0, but important 1-0 win over the rivals Torino.
1: Yeah, you know, um, we came out with the win. I think we could have played better than we actually did. Uh, That being said, there was definitely some fight in this game. Um, You know, some weren't particularly motivated, um, but, you know, we were the the better side, in my opinion. It was an all-around good, okay performance. Um, we took the chances that we needed to. We were a little unlucky at times. Um, there was some controversy, of course. Of, and, uh, you know, Emre Chan back in the lineup, finally. Uh, definitely what we needed to see in the midfield it was a strong body. I think he took the midfield kind of by storm in the way. Our attack, nonetheless, didn't really have that great of a link-up, which is not so concerning, but I don't think that it's, It's a little bit of a cause for concern just because of the way that we have been playing lately. So I think that going into, especially games like next week, Roma, and and going into the round of 16, it's something that we definitely have to fix. But, you know, three points, it's it's a derby that we need to win.
2: Yeah, I thought there were some positives and negatives as well. A pretty negative first hour. The first 60 minutes, I'd say, you were pretty poor. I didn't think we created enough. Going forward, that attack of Manzukic, Ronaldo, DiBala looked a little disjointed, uh, as it has on occasions surprisingly this season, um, especially in the recent few weeks. Uh, those three haven't really put much together. Um, uh, I thought that our last half an hour was a positive, though, considering Torino faded sort of out of the game, and as we've seen throughout the years of Juve's uh, period of dominance at the top. Uh, we t- tend to take over games towards the end and those teams that sort of battle and battle uh, that last half hour, they fade away. And Juve's fitness levels, I think, got us the win against Torino, uh, which, I mean, it, it is a positive considering um, we had that midweek game against Young Boys. So it speaks volumes of those those fitness levels and the fact that we had to play on the artificial turf mi- midweek, which is a lot harder. Um, so, yeah, like I said, a, a pretty rough hour but uh, a positive last 30 minutes
0: and that's been the the important element of the season of course grinding out these results and another one here in the Derby de la Mole so one nil away to Torino of course Cristiano Ronaldo scoring the only goal of the game from the penalty spot that one becoming Juve's 5,000th goal which is a remarkable achievement and good for him to get his name up there in lights yet again so Positive to come away with the result, but do you put Pat, Do you put it down to what you've just touched on there regarding the Champions League action, the artificial pitch, maybe the build-up of fixtures, a couple of key injuries, of course, four or five really key players still out through injuries. Is it a combination of those elements, do mm-hmm. you feel?
2: Uh, I wouldn't put it down to the injuries. I think that we've got a deep enough squad to be able to be performing pretty well week in, week out. I mean, we've got Bernadeschi, Douglas Costa, guys on the bench who have barely featured... Recently, he should be coming into the team with a lot of energy. Emre Chan um, was coming back his first, performance, uh, first 90 minutes in around two months, which was another positive. I thought that he didn't have the best game, but it was good to see him get 90 minutes under his belt. And he's someone that um, I think will rely on over the next few weeks. I'm definitely a big believer in him, and um, I like what I've seen from him pre-injury. But I think... Uh, the real struggle for Juve in this game was the fact that Torino are a very scrappy side and made it tough for us. Uh, we had to match their physicality, particularly in the first half. with uh, a lot of poor tackles. I think we got frustrated. We sort of got sucked in by that um, mentality that Torino bought. Uh, Pjanic, Emre Can, I remember um, picking up some pretty silly fouls. Pjanic could have even had a red. I was quite surprised that neither player from... Um, Oh, the squad actually picked up a red in this game for the first uh, half an hour or so. It looked like there was going to be multiple red cards. But, um yeah, a massive positive that we were able to overcome Torino's physicality and, and get the win.
0: For you, Julia, there were a couple of key performers on the night for you, but a couple of other interesting ones. Ronaldo was one we touched on. He was the goal scorer in the match, but overall... Not the most influential performance again by the number seven. What do you put that down to? We've explored, obviously, potentially what's not lifting the the side at the moment. But for the player himself, what did you make of his performance in this one?
1: You know, I don't think it was his best, but it definitely wasn't his worst. Mm. Um, it's, it's not really a cause for concern. You know, he's still scoring. He's still getting into those positions to shoot. Um, he's, he's doing what he has to do, but... There's a couple of instances in his game that I'm not super happy about. Um, The free kicks is a huge one, and I think that that needs to be resolved not only by the board, but by Allegri and stating it. And I know that, you know, Ronaldo's a big name. He's a big guy to bring to the club, but he seems to now have this kind of surge of confidence where, you know, he thinks he can kind of take on anybody in the league. And this is an issue because with the league being as defensive-minded as it is, it, the way that he's trying to progress our attack is by t- trying to, it, in times, do it himself. And that's when the ball gets lost right in the middle of the field and it causes a huge concern for our field, especially that in against Torino when they have a five, five-man mitt. So these are things that need to be adjusted just to fit our style of play and to realize that he just can't do it alone.
2: Uh, I'm going to be even more critical on Ronaldo. I thought that he was... Just about awful against Torino and even against young boys. Uh, Inter, I remember mentioning last week that I thought was his worst performance of the season. He's honestly had a horror week. Uh, I I love the guy as much as anyone, but he's really had a bad week and he is being paid a lot of money. Uh, He is allowed to have off games as well. Uh, I understand that he had 10 matches in a row where he scored or assisted. So I guess we'll kind of do a little bad patch, but it has been a really, really rough week for Ronaldo. I mean, every time he steps up for a free kick, I cringe because I don't think he's um, shot one past the wall this season. It, it's almost not even worth looking to mm-hmm. the point where he just kicks it straight into the wall. And then it's it's a shame because you've got someone like Pjanic who I recall having the best free kick um, ratio. Conversion. Yeah, conversion yeah. ratio in Europe. Uh, I don't know if it was last season or the season before. He's a f- terrific free kick taker. Dybala's another one. But Ronaldo's Ronaldo. He's he's going to step up to take as many as he can. Uh, he he had some really poor shots. He's, I know he people like to look at the stat of oh, Ronaldo taking a lot of shots, like it's a positive. He's taken I think the most shots in Europe, top five mm-hmm. leagues or so. But a lot of them have been really really bad uh, against young boys. We'll talk about it a bit later. But he could have had a 25-minute hat-trick, which would have sealed the game. He didn't take those chances, and we ended up losing. Uh, against Torino, yes, he scored the penalty. Um, he, you can always count on him, I guess, in those big moments to, to score the penalty as he did against Juve in the uh, Champions League last season. So there's always a, a confidence when Ronaldo steps up to take the penalty. But overall, he just couldn't get into the game and, and didn't take his chances.
0: It's going to be a continual talking point, particularly the free kicks, the shots is an interesting element of the discussion. But you could argue, well, at least he's getting himself in the right positions. Mm-hmm to potentially convert the free kicks as you both touched on there's well there's really no argument if you've got a world-class free kick taker in Pjanic or dibala Bernadeski as well can hit a free kick it is tough to see how they can justify continually using him if he can't even beat the wall if you'd like to get in touch with the guys throughout the next 45 minutes or so at fnr underscore radio on twitter so a strange night's again for Ronaldo, not his best performance, but stranger for Torino. Now, mm. Torino had a few moments in this game which they'll be ruining. Obviously, lost their goalkeeper on 20 minutes, Citigo withdrawn, and then the reserve, Itchatsu, I believe, the Uruguayan, coming on. And, well, he had, a, he had a strange match himself, obviously involved in an altercation with Ronaldo after the penalty, which you don't see too often in football. But particularly, there were one or two moments that Torino looked to potentially... Well, they could have had a penalty. Referee didn't award a penalty. But what do you guys make of that from a Juve viewpoint in terms of what could have been for the home side?
2: Well, with regards to the penalty on Zaza, uh, I didn't think it was a penalty. I mean, I'm happy to call a penalty out. Even uh, in the past, when Juve have received a penalty, I've been happy to say it wasn't or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't see myself as that one sided. But I think that. This wasn't a penalty for Torino. Sandro definitely had a hold of him, but Zaza was looking for it. He was falling from the instant Sandro laid a finger on him. So I didn't think it was a penalty. It didn't even go to VAR, Hmm. which was a good call. And to be honest, I thought the whole first half, Zaza and Belotti Belotti in particular, were flopping around looking for free kicks. I remember in the second half, there was an instance where Juve had the lead. Pjanic was the one who actually flopped and got a free kick from the challenge from Balotelli. and Belotti was just so frustrated, and I was thinking he was doing it for the entire first half. Uh, so uh, there were a few instances where Torino had chances. Even in the first half, Perin had to make a nice double save. Another guy who I fought uh, had a good game, Perin, stepping in. He has so far this season. I think he's featured about three times, and he's played really well.
0: Three clean sheets.
2: Yep, there you go. So... Uh, Perrin definitely, when he steps in, playing well over Chesney. And, um, yeah, I mean, Torino had a few chances, nothing too um, substantial, but um, a good clean sheet for Juve. For
0: you, Julia, what did you make of those incidents?
1: You no, know, there's no penalties. I mean, you have to look at completely the first half. Just as Pat said, there was a lot of diving from both Zaza and Belotti, and I know even... After the, after the match, mazzari was saying that uh, there could have been at least two for them. But if you really look at the instances properly, Zaza was falling to the ground far before Sandra was grabbing him, and before he even got the ball. And the other instance was Buloty in the box trying to go for the header, and uh, it was it was the one where DeShilio got got knocked to the ground. So I think that, that these are kinds of things that have to be put into perspective, also for, in, in our point of view too. Because if those were said penalties. You know, VAR is looking at this, not only in those particular instances, but throughout the game, they're seeing, uh, you know, Belotti and Zaza are trying to buy these fouls and everything. So it it was really no surprise that that they weren't called.
0: They weren't called. The match ends 1-0. Juve win again. And just recapping 46 points out of a possible 48. Eight clear of Napoli and a further six back to Inter as the dominance over the Italian top flight continues Plenty more still to come in the program before we get there, though. Your votes, guys, to round out this opening segment.
2: I've given De Shilio three again. <laughs> very good. Very, yeah, very I good performer. I just thought that, honestly, there weren't many that had fantastic games, but De Shilio, from a defensive standpoint, he does he hasn't been doing any attacking recently, but from defensive standpoint, absolutely outstanding, uh, astounding. Um, he managed to smother Torino's entire left side and didn't give them an inch going forward. Two to Matuidi, I thought that he didn't stop running all game as he has for most of the season. And Chiellini, the one, a clean sheet. Uh, the other guy that I guess I couldn't have given it to was Benucci, the other guy in defence. But uh, Chiellini, a standout and, in my opinion, our most important player.
1: Uh, for me, it's three Chiellini. Uh, I think, you know, he led from the back as usual, controlled the whole front line of Torino and vital interceptions. Uh, two is Decilio good clearances, you know, he's, he's solid at the back and he's improving his offensive abilities as well, which I think is fantastic, cause, uh, especially with the absence of Cancelo. And one for me is Alexandro. Um, he felt the pressure all game defensively. I, I felt that he would have had a solid game.
0: The update, Pat? The are leading the way by now, I would have thought. <laughs> Almost.
2: <laughs> uh, Ronaldo on 21 for me. And then second I've got DiBala, and third Cancelo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Julia has uh, Alexandro leading, Manzukic and Ronaldo and Cancelo even.
0: There you go. Well, speaking of Cancelo, more on him to come and plenty more other news stories doing the round, plus a look ahead to what is to come next weekend in the league. Of course, a big match against an out-of-sorts Roma side. We'll preview that and plenty more. Stay tuned. This is Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Still a recap of the unfortunate defeat against young boys to come. But when we talk Champions League, we'll of course preview the UEFA Champions League draw for the round of 16, which well we're live now. It's not too long away, less than 12 hours to go until Juve's opponent for the round of 16 is confirmed. And of course, all the other round of 16 matchups as well. Always a very exciting time of year with the Champions League knockout stage upon us a couple of months until that gets underway. We'll also preview the Roma match at the weekend. Roma winning in the league this weekend, a very rare win for the giallorossi but could be a little test. We'll preview that and how we think that match will shape up shortly. That, of course, will be the final match before the, well, there's no Christmas break, but before Christmas Day. So that and more to come. But we will talk about some of the, Two or three big news stories breaking at Juventus in recent days. And we'll start with that player we touched on just prior to the break. And that's, of course, Cancelo, who has arguably been one of the best players this season. Both of you have him right up there in terms of votes, but certainly highly regarded. One of the signings of the season across, well, not only clearly for Juventus, but Italian football, European football. He's gone on to become one of the best right backs in world football in no time. He's been a stunning acquisition. He's... Set it in very, very well. But now it's been reported that he'll miss potentially up to two months through injury. Obviously, a crushing blow for the player. But how significant will this loss be, Pat, for Juventus?
2: It's a massive loss for us. Uh, if you look at, if you watch each game, say that Cancelo's featured him for Juve, you watch the highlights, you'll see that the bulk of our attacking and our chances has come from Cancelo, whether it be on the left or right side. He's honestly just. Phenomenal um, from an attacking standpoint. Defensive standpoint, we know he's not as good, but he's, he's definitely improved from that first appearance against Kievo. I remember him being just absolutely terrible. Each week since then, he's gotten better. From an offensive standpoint, it's going to be a massive loss. Uh, there's so many games where Cancelo's our main creator and assisting those guys like Ronaldo, Mandzukic, Dybala, Particularly, Mandzukic and Ronaldo with those crosses. Who Ronaldo, Mandzukic, fantastic headers, uh, headers of the ball. Um, so I mean, and especially if Cancelo out over the last few games, you can see that our attack hasn't looked as fluent. And uh, and I mean, I think um, it's it's a massive loss considering. Guys like Douglas Costa and Bernadeschi, Cuadrado haven't played that well. Guys that are going to have to come in and fill that void that Cancelo is going to leave in an attack. And, and Douglas and Berna have been injured or suspended recently and, and just haven't been able to find that form since coming back. So I think the uh, the burden will be on those guys to uh, step up over the next few weeks and, and fill the void. Yeah, you know it's, it's,
1: it's going to be a huge loss for us. Um, I, I know we have the depth to fill that position, but not entirely in the way Cancelo has contributed. Um, the way he attacks his off-the-ball movement, even the improvement of his defensive abilities, he's kind of become that full right-back that we need. Um, and although, you know, we, we have DeCilio, he's improving vastly, it's just difficult to compare his attack and contribution and abilities to that of Cancelo. Uh, but, you know, that being said, DeCilio has improved every single game. We're seeing him push up the field a bit more as the season goes on. We saw it against Torino, um, which was extremely nice to see. But I think it'll be a bit of time before we can see that kind of Kinsello level of offensive contribution, which, like Pat said, and we have such an immense attack, it's crucial to deliver those balls into the box for you know Mandzukic and Ronaldo. And, uh, I mean, we also do have Spinozola, who is still on the bench and I'm not sure when we'll see him even though we do know as we've seen him last season you know he, he pushes up the field a lot more so hopefully we'll we'll have that in his absence as well
2: yeah like julia mentioned we've still got Spinazzola to come back hasn't played a minute this season a Atsuri regular when he is featuring uh, featuring consistently in serie a so he's a he's a guy that can come back and have that immediate contribution um yeah, DeSilio from an offensive standpoint, not the best, but uh, his his qualities are in defence and I think the uh what we'll be looking for over the next few weeks will definitely be Douglas Costa and Bernardeschi to come in and, and replicate some of their best form.
0: Whatever it may be, it's a big loss regardless. DeSilio could fill the void. I think the other element of Cancelo, of course, the ability to play on both sides mm. is is somewhat of a blow, but you hope that Spinazzola particularly to support Alexandro on the left, he can come through and maybe get some minutes soon. Just throwing one out there, would there be any need to potentially look at tweaking the formation, maybe to integrate Mm. a few more of the central defenders? Rugani, we've seen with some minutes recently, of course, Benatia has been in and out injured and just dealing with other issues. Any chance we see some tweak of formation defensively?
2: Yeah, I I mentioned... Um, midweek, actually, after the Young Boys game, that I'd like to see, perhaps a three-five-two or three-four-one-two. We definitely have the players that can play those flank roles. Um, even Dybala in the hole in midfield between midfield and attack. So we definitely have the players. Uh, even from a defensive standpoint, I think Rugani, whenever he stepped in, has been fantastic. Benatia, arguably, Serie A's best defender last season, top three uh, at least. Um, Bonucci, we've seen in the past, features much better in a three-man defence. I think Bonucci, from a defensive standpoint this season, hasn't been great, especially those aerial um, balls. He he just can't deal with them. We saw against uh, Torino, Armando Itzo, uh, just about the shortest guy on the pitch, out-jumped Bonucci, got the header, which should have been directed on goal. So there was a a lucky uh, escape there for Juve. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that a three-five-two or something along those lines could definitely help.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see a three-man defense, and I think we do have the team for it. We have the squad for it, and, and putting all those guys, especially up on midfield, even if you play, you know, the likes of Alexandro or Douglas Costa on the wings, you know is going to come back and help out too, but I, I think that the way Allegri is working the squad right now, I, I don't see that much being changed to it, especially considering he didn't make one substitution against Torino. So I, I, the way that he is, I think he's a bit stubborn that it kind of has to come through him himself. Um, other than that, I think he's just going to stick with the same formation.
0: All right, let's move on from the tactics and Cancelo to well, some other matters off the pitch. Marotta. Now, Pat, take me through this. He's officially now the new CEO of Inter or whatever the official title is, left, left Juventus, of course, and was in the stands at the weekend with the owners of the club as Inter had, well, difficult to have a, a less entertaining match than the Torino-Juve clash, but this one was that. Inter won Udinese and nil, Icardi, with a penalty towards the end of the match there. And post-match after the Torino-Juve clash, Nedved came out and said that Maybe he isn't a real Juventino t- about Marotta. Shed some light on this. He's mm. moved, obviously, for professional reasons, but what are your thoughts as a as a Juve fan after seeing now Marotta make the move to the fierce rivals inter?
2: Yeah, I've seen the interview, and the look on Nedved's face is very stern. So he's clearly... Uh, it, I mean, you have to take it for what it is. He's not happy, and um, that, that quote hasn't been changed in any way or whatever I take it exactly for what it is Nedved, um the way he spoke about marotta there was definitely a look on his face of almost disgust uh personally i've seen especially on twitter a lot of Juve fans um that are happy to see i mean look they the way they see it is that marotta's paid his dues at Juve and he's he's free to go wherever he wants but personally i think that When it comes to Juve Inter, there's a line there and um, personally I don't like it. I think that Marotta was amazing for us for such a long time and one of the architects behind our success along with Agnelli and Conte. uh, um, So one of those three guys or so that really got Juve back to the heights of Serie A. But I think that Marotta all along... Um, throughout his tenure Juve said all the right things and always defended Juve when the media and our opposition would attack the club um, pretty unfairly as well so I praise him for that but Inter is just the absolute anti-Juve and like I said there's some lines in football that you don't cross and I think jumping from Juve to Inter is one of those and with regards to Marotta, if you want a certain level of respect for your work I think um, you don't cross that line and I'm not happy with it. Uh, obviously, as many fa- fans um, share the point of view that we um, don't want to see him do well at Inter because he's obviously a fantastic director that can change a lot of things there.
1: I, I, honestly, the way that I'm looking at it right now, is like, I kind of think it's a little bit funny. The way that he just went to Inter and Nedved's comments, You know, obviously nothing wrong with them in my opinion. You know, he's stating that he's a businessman, nothing else. Um, you know, he, he's not a Juventino because a Juventino doesn't join a rival. And, and you know, it's the same as if a player has, had been with Juve for so long and joined the rival team. It, to me, it's not really sad. It's not heartbreaking. It's just kind of something you have to move on from. Um, initially, of course, I was upset when he left Juve, but to move with his move to enter, it doesn't really need much emotion. Uh, he wanted to pursue a lot of things that Agnelli and Medved didn't. And especially with Medved having the majority of the power from what I understand, Marota wasn't too keen on wanting the Ronaldo move to happen. Um, so it, it, he did get in, the, get in the way of a lot of things for Juve. Um, I would have preferred he moved to a different league just out of respect for being with Juve for so long. But, um, I don't know. I find this kind of funny. Even even in the, when Acardi scored, he was in the stands. Just the awkward hug. It just makes it more of a pleasure for us.
0: <laughs> it was it was quite humorous. But good luck to him. But obviously, I'm I'm with you both there. I think it would have been. Better to see him move away altogether than to another club in the same competition. But all the best. We'll see what he can bring into Milan in coming seasons. We're going to switch our focus back to what's taking place on the pitch just after this short break. But uh, young boys, Juve recap to come. Juve Roma preview to come. But more importantly than all of that, the round of 16 preview. The draw this evening. UEFA Champions League. Stay tuned for that and plenty more. This is Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Wrapping up another edition of Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We do hope you've enjoyed the program. Still a bit to get through before we wrap up. Champions League is upon us yet again. Well, a couple of months from now, but we do have a game to recap from last week before getting stuck into what could take place in the upcoming draw. Your thoughts on this very strange defeat in Bern in Switzerland, guys? Uh, 2-1 loss to young boys, a match which I'm sure you'll highlight very shortly, Pat, but Ronaldo could have had a hat-trick in the first 25 minutes. It was a bizarre game. And in the end, Dybala coming off the bench, scoring twice, one ruled out. The game had it all, but young boys, incredibly, for the first time in their history, scored multiple goals in the group stage of a Champions League game. And for the first time in their history, win a UEFA Champions League group stage game. Quite incredible against the Juve side who are considered one of, if not the favourites, to
2: win the title this season. Yeah, our second loss of the season. But to be honest, I thought the United loss hurt more, just considering uh, young boys played pretty well, give them respect for the way they played. Juve found it hard to play on the artificial turf. We just couldn't get any any flow in our game. I know the ball travels a lot faster. Our runs weren't really timed. We just had a really off game. it's it's alarming, um, not as much as the Man United game I thought, but still pretty alarming. Just in the scheme of things, considering we we're just constantly seeing these mental lapses with the team in the Champions League. You look at the games in Cardiff, Berlin, and then the Madrid loss last season at mm. home, which all three were just total capitulations. And then you throw in the United loss as well, as recently as that. So it's it's alarming, and I think that you know before that Man United game. At home, um, there was a lot of confidence in the Champions League that Juve could go all the way, that we were just about the best team in the world. You know, we're still up there, but <clears throat> just after those two losses, it it just shows that we, we haven't really overcome our demons and, and something's going to have to change going forward. Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, when we have a full-force lineup like that against Young Boys. We really shouldn't be losing. I I think that it was just a disappointing performance all around. It was sloppy. There was no motivation. It was a complete disaster. Um, And and the only player, in my opinion, uh, aside from Decilio defensively, but in terms of attack, who really did anything useful was Dibala. And, you know, it was a shame because he had to come off the bench. It was only, I think it was 20 minutes to make an impact, of which we clearly needed. And, you know, I I know people are going to say that the game didn't matter, but. Had Valencia lost to United, fans would have been complaining and, and that we should have done better. But because United lost, it was almost giving us an excuse. And, and it really shouldn't, because it, although other top teams suffered in the last game uh, of, of the group stages, too, you know, Madrid lost 3 uh, 0 at home, Barcelona drew 1 1. It's not an excuse for us as, as the team that's supposed to win the Champions League that are the favorites. Uh, when we get outplayed and lose to young boys, it's, it's, it's not really a concern so much to me just because I haven't been that positive all season, to be honest. You know, I think that while everyone is focusing on us winning the Champions League now with Ronaldo, there's still a lot of holes in our game. And I understand that, you know, no team is perfect and every team has their problems, but I, I just don't think we're there yet. And it's not because of the losses per se. I think it's just because of our continuous display of football. It's sloppy. It's not, there's no motivation it, it just does, it, we already look defeated, and we're he, we're only heading into the round of 16. So, I know I hope I'm wrong, but I, just right now it doesn't look good.
2: Yeah, and I mean Valencia absolutely saved Juve on the final match day. You look at the teams that we can draw in the um, the next stage in comparison to if we had a finish second, and it's just Valencia have done us an absolutely solid on from that perspective. So. Yeah, they they definitely saved us from total embarrassment and um, I guess the fact that we still managed to top the group sort of um, overlooks that loss. Um, You know, end of the day, I think there were a lot of positives from the Champions League group stage, a lot of negatives as well. (coughs) Um, uh, The positives being, I thought that uh, the win against United at Old Trafford, it's always nice to win at a venue like that. The win against Valencia on match day one, a man down with Ronaldo getting that red card within 20 minutes, and then Deba's hat trick against Young Boys at home. But those negatives: the the men United collapse the 10 minutes where we just conceded two goals and lost total control of that game, and then the Young Boys lost on match day six. So it's just. Uh, yeah, we finished first, but those the, it, it's almost the same as uh, recent seasons where we've looked almost flawless um, in 2015 and then 2017 going to the final where we are flawless just about up until the final. I remember last season we hadn't conceded in I don't know how many games, how many minutes, and then we just conceded, what was it, four? Uh, I don't even look back on the game, to be honest. I think we conceded four in that final or three against Madrid. Four, yeah. Four, there you go. So... Um yeah, it's just it's just alarming that we have these mental lapses and um, I, I don't know what's going to have to change, but uh, we're definitely going to have to see a different brand of football come February if we want to progress and, and uh, utilise all our potential.
0: Well, some exciting football to come. Let's go to that draw now. The round of 16 draw taking place Monday, 12 p.m. Central European time. So some quick maths there. That's 10 p.m. here on the east coast of Australia and 8 p.m sun sorry no not 8pm sunday evening there it's what it would be 4am eastern time in the united states the 6 teams that juventus can draw atletico madrid tottenham liverpool schalke ajax leon anyone jump out there that you'd say love to draw them in the round of 16 and why uh
2: the ones that jump out are tottenham and liverpool from a competitive standpoint obviously schalke and ajax Leon uh, being the weakest teams. But if you look at uh, a marquee matchup sort of um, aspect, Liverpool, uh, as I mentioned, Adrian, I think that Liverpool are in fantastic form at the moment, mm-hmm. and it's a good thing if we were to draw them that the next round isn't until February. Liverpool playing fantastic football at the moment. Salah is just about back to his best. So at least if we were to draw them, it gives a, a couple months for them to sort of maybe lose a bit of their form. Tottenham. Would be nice considering they beat Inter, kept them out and uh, it'd be nice to knock Tottenham out two years in a row. But, um, I mean, just considering the, the way that Juve's group stage ended, it was quite alarming for me and um, I know that to win the Champions League you're going to have to beat the best anyway. And in recent campaigns I would have said it doesn't matter who we draw but I just think with the way we finished, I'd, I'd take a lot more confidence going into the round of 16 against a Schalke or Ajax. For you, Julia? Um,
1: you know, honestly, I'd love to face Atletico, and I know that a lot—that almost every fan of UVA just wants to avoid them completely. But I think, for our perspective of how we were playing, I think that this would be kind of a good wake-up call for us, and you know, to, to go into the round of 16 facing arguably the best of that draw for us. Mm. I think it would be perfect for us because you know the way it would tell us to, as especially as an attack in our midfield, to link up properly. It would show Allegri to properly institute a perfect formation against them, and I think it would change a lot of things in our game. It would change a lot of the holds, and it would fill a lot of them. So you know, facing teams like Atletico really don't bother me, and I would rather face the likes of Atletico, Liverpool or Tottenham first than facing the easier teams and and collapsing like we did against young boys.
0: And keep in mind, when we talk about those easier teams, I I suppose you could put them in two brackets, uh, Atletico, Liverpool, Tottenham and then the other three, Schalke, Lyon, Ajax. Ajax took it right up to Bayern Munich and Munich not in the best form ever at the moment, but Ajax didn't lose a game in their group, including a 3-3 on the final day. And Lyon actually beat Manchester City head-to-head in their group and they too didn't suffer a defeat so some tough tests regardless there for me I want to see Juve Liverpool I think that would be that would be the dream draw but a lot of football still to be played as you said Pat so form and things can change between now and then no doubt but Of course, we'll have you covered with all of the fallout from the draw here across the network in coming days. We are running out of time, guys. But before we wrap up, big match in the league this weekend. Juve Roma. a Roma side who are, well, let's be honest, they're nowhere near it at the moment. A narrow 3-2 win at the weekend in somewhat controversial circumstances to almost save the job of Di Francesco, whose job reportedly still very close to being finished. It's been a very tough campaign for Roma. They picked up just their sixth win in 16 fixtures at the weekend, 22 points behind Juventus. So for a side who would have come in with hopes of pushing Juve all the way, anything but that, any threat here by the Capital Club?
2: Well, they can take confidence from the fact that they beat Genoa and Juve stumbled against them a few weeks ago. (laughs) But uh, look... The way Juve played over the past week, the inter-game aside against uh, young boys and Torino, you don't know what to expect. Uh, I just think that I haven't really taken much confidence from those two games. Um, we still seem to be managing the wins on our off days, I guess. Uh, young boys aside, we still seem to manage wins even when we play badly. Roma, aside that aren't fantastic, as you mentioned, sitting sixth in Serie A, uh, even points with Sassuolo. You aren't a great side, so look. You'd think it'd be a routine a routine win this um, this Sunday, I think it is. But mm-hmm. it just depends right. what Juve rocks up, really.
1: Yeah, you know, Roma in sixth; they're fighting their way to get to the top four spots. So I, I think that there's still going to be a, a bit of a challenge for us, especially with you know their midfield and, and everything. Um, they have had some problems throughout the season: injuries, a lack of a defense, to say slightly, but. You know, they still come to play. They're still able to score. They find the pockets of space. But uh, I'm positive we can leave it to three points. We just need to play better than we have them.
0: All right. Well, we'll see how they get on. There'll be no Monday Juve show next week because it coincides with Christmas Eve here in Australia. But we'll we'll leave it on that. We'll recap a big couple of weeks in a few weeks' time and wish, of course, Juventus all the best in what will be a very busy Christmas period. And, of course, again, repeating that the draw for the Champions League to come very, very shortly. But that's all we have time for today. Well done to Patrick Galachi and Julia Villa as always. But this has been another edition of Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio, your voice of football here in Australia and right around the world. Until next time, it's goodbye for now.